He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. salvation has brought us in your presence this morning. I pray that your grace will be abundant on me as I stand to minister your word. May the grace of God abound through this vessel of clay, Lord. Anything that will be a setback to the move of your spirit, let your mercy set it apart, Lord. Let the blood of Jesus cleanse and set apart and sanctify this vessel. Let it be a vessel unto honor, Lord sanctified and meet for your use and prepared unto every good work. I lift up every heart and soul represented here. I pray that you will do a permanent work in us. I pray that the Holy Spirit will be reignited and rejuvenated in every heart. I come against imaginations and high thoughts and anything that stands to oppose the word of God. I pull down every stronghold that will render the word of God of no effect. And I say that let the word of God fall on good soil and let it yield a hundredfold to the praise of your name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Please take your seat. 
Our theme for this meeting has been the woman of grace or women of grace. And this morning I want to speak to you about the woman of grace. Now many times when you ask people, especially those who were in scripture union for a long time, when you ask them what is grace, they rattle it out quickly. It's undeserved favor. But somehow we don't really think about its implications or what it really means. So I think that simply put, grace is a power of God to meet our needs without any cost to us. It is a power of God to meet our needs without any cost to us. Now the grace of God is received just by believing. And how many of you know that human nature is no use to just receiving without struggling or paying for anything. And so we struggle with the concept of grace because we are not used to not doing anything on our own. The last time I had to have a meeting with um, somebody on the use of a place, an office, and I was saying so, how much rent will you pay and all that? We're talking about a business deal. What will happen? How will you figure it out? Because I was dropping out some years ago. was some legal chambers and I was saying, I'm going into the ministry so I can't really operate here. And so what are the dynamics of what we are doing? And one of the bosses said to me, you know, I'm a self-made man. I don't reap where I have not sown. And so I would not like to be given anything for free. So if I'm using your premises, I like to pay for the things I use. I don't take anything that doesn't cost me anything. And I don't rely on anybody to get anywhere. Hey. There was a lot of talk. But it's been six years on. And not a single rent has been paid. The self-made man did not know that sometimes you get to a place where you take hold of something you didn't work for. Nobody is a self-made woman or a self-made man. And some of us are so independent. We want to be the originators of everything. And we don't want to say that we owe anything to anybody or that we learned anything from anywhere. We appeared on this planet and we knew everything. And it is man's nature to always take the glory for himself. And that is why we find it difficult to receive the grace of God. Because it's like, why? I just receive it. And many times we get saved by the grace of God. But when we enter the kingdom, we begin to strive for things and for holiness and for righteousness. And we begin to work things our own, with our own might. And so we enter by grace, but we do not continue to exist by grace. We enter the flesh. Some of us women, we are married to husbands who are not born again. And we behave as if we are their personal Holy Ghost to change them and bring them to Christ. When they say, today I'll go with you to church. Oh, I'm so happy. Shall I buy on your trousers? Shall I? As if his salvation is for us. We are supposed to care, but sometimes our care goes overboard. At times I meet women in church in Accra 
on Sunday they've come and then they are crying. I said, why? My husband said he won't come today. I said, look, you've done your part. He says he's not coming. Why are you crying? It's not your fault. You've done your part. But we carry unnecessary guilt because we are working things out in our own strength. And as we pray for our unsaved husbands, we are always looking to see if there will be any signs that they are born again. As if they are doing us a favor by being born again. But how many of us know that when you stand before God, you stand as an individual? That's why when God came, he asked Adam, well, what, who did this? And then Eve, what have you done? He didn't say, Mr. and Mrs. Adam, come. Joint anointing, joint sins, joint judgment. There's no such thing. And Eve's punishment was different from Adam's punishment. So whether you are the wife of the bishop, the pope, whatever, you will stand before God as an individual to give an account of your life. So it's good that you are concerned about your husband's salvation. But you struggle so much, you move out of grace. And now you begin to operate in your own strength. How many of you have been on a diet and every time you lose a little weight, it doesn't show on the scale? Although you've stopped eating and you are doing exercise, but when you look at the scale, it doesn't show. <laughs> because it takes time. But when we pray about something, we are always looking for the signs to see and then we get frustrated. You know, we move out of grace and we move into our own works. The Bible says, he that comes to God must come without sweat. God doesn't want any struggle. And then we develop fetishes in the body of Christ as to how to get God to operate. The first fetish is prayer. So if I do it this way, God is a formula. He has to answer. If I do Bible study, God is a formula. He has to answer. If I'm good, then God will hear me. All these things are true to a limit. But the grace of God transcends all that. The grace of God transcends your prayer. It transcends your Bible study. It transcends your goodness. It just takes the grace of God. Hallelujah. And so this morning, I want to teach us how to move into the grace of God. And to become women of grace. You know. Now, how do I know, lady pastor, that I don't have the grace of God operating in my life? When you are doing many things on your own. And then when you also sense frustration, you are probably moving out of the grace of God. Because Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest, not frustrations, not problems, but rest. So if you are not resting, there's something wrong. If you have not entered into quietness, there's something wrong. And it means that you are not operating by grace. As women, we try to change ourselves, change others, change circumstances, change our husbands, change our children. We have made ourselves personal Holy Ghosts. Some of you, you will not even allow your converts to grow. You have made yourself your, the person's personal Holy Ghost. You see, try and love God. You see, read your Bible. It's all good advice, but then we move beyond that to personally get the person to do it. And we want to even shield them from the normal temptations of Christianity. We don't want them to go through things like the Bible has prescribed. So we become the personal Holy Ghost. And the type of children we are bringing up now in the body of Christ are not children who can eat strong meat. There are children who have grown for years and are still drinking milk. 
because we don't want to take them through the hard things. I think that the people who gave birth to us spiritually led us properly and taught us how to grow and to be nurtured. If they are fasting, come. You are a new convert, so what? But now when we fast, we say, oh, up to 12. You can drink some milk. You can have some fruit. You can do this. You know, try and come up to your own strength. You can, you know. And when we got born, I guess after 9 o'clock, you don't visit any beloved. But now we say, oh, there's liberty. Shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound? We've given so much. And then we've brought up children who don't know the Lord. Because everything has become easy. Oh, just listen to a tape. There's now quiet time out of the window. We were taught, have your quiet time every morning. It is important. Meet God. And you would do it and you see that you are growing. Now, you bring up your spiritual children on just tapes, video, DVD, oh, just watch. Lift him up. You'll be okay. It doesn't help to be okay. And then when they become frivolous, you say, ah, this generation of Christians. They are not whatever. We have given birth to them. I was telling Bishop, don't you think so that the people who gave birth to us were different? But when we were given birth, it's like, oh, don't experience too much hardship. Oh, it's okay. You just do it up to here, okay? Oh, you fornicated her. Okay. Lord, forgive her. Come. Okay, come to church. It's okay. You fornicated. When you go out of here, oh, okay. When you backslide, come. We'll help you. But our time, when you backslide, ha. Huh? Now, trying to do something you can't do something about leads you to be frustrated. And when it seems it's not working, you exert more energy and you become more frustrated, depressed, discouraged, and then you feel like giving up. But this morning, the Lord will lead us by his grace. Amen. The Bible says in Luke 2.40 that Jesus grew in spirit, wisdom, and the grace of God was with him. If even the Son of God needed the grace of God, then how much more you? We need the grace of God to exist and to make it in this life. The Bible says about Esther that she received grace. So you may be beautiful, but you may need grace to get married. You may be smart, but you may need the grace of God to be able to attract a certain favor. Usually, man's favor is something you must work for. Even your boss's favor. You, may, you must be seen to be a certain type of employee. You always please him. You always do before it comes to you. But God's grace is without merit, without exertion of energy. It comes to you. And we can walk out of grace. We'll come to all that. And so let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. Let's read 15 verse 10. Are we there? I was saying in the first service, we know where to find Mary Kay, Fashion Fair, Beautiful by Estee Lauder, but we don't know where to find the Word of God. The Lord have mercy on us so that we will put first things first. Amen. The devil comes knocking at your door. Your makeup cannot save you. First Corinthians 15, let's read from verse 9. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. 
but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was upon me. Amen. Now Paul is speaking, he's saying that from all that I have done and what my lifestyle has been, I am the least of all the apostles. And yet, because of the grace of God, I have become an apostle, a follower, and I've, be, I've attained to the position that I have by the grace of God. So we are what we are by the grace of God. Many times, we are not grateful for what God makes us because we don't know that we are what we are by the grace of God. Many times, people are, let's say, even Ghanaian citizens, and we don't value it. This black passport, what can it do for me? But there are many, many Lebanese in Ghana striving to marry Ghanaians so that they will tap some gold from underneath the earth because they recognize that there's something in being a Ghanaian citizen. But we who are Ghanaian citizens, we are also not content and we don't see what they are using. And then we later say that these Lebanese, they are doing all the businesses, they are running everything. Hey, they have found value in Ghanaian citizenship and it's working for them. I am what I am by the grace of God. Ladies, you are a woman by the grace of God. I have met some women who say, in fact, Lady Pastor, if I had to choose, I would choose to be a man because a woman's problems are too many. But if you believe that God has a purpose for your life, then he had a reason for making you a woman. And a woman is not an inferior species of God's creation. Have you not heard the saying that she who rocks the cradle rules the world? And in the book of Kings, many kings, their mothers would be dictating to them what to do. Even when they were children, they didn't have wives then. The mother would be showing them where to go. If they have a godly mother, fine. If not, disaster. But the influence of a woman cannot be underestimated. And you don't need to have muscle and beard before you become somebody. Are you not glad for the curves and the softness of your body? And for how God has made you? Do you want to be the same as... You are what you are by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. I always say, are you not happy that you can cry? Because in Ghana, when a man cries, they say, men don't cry. You know? When they are struggling with issues, they can't cry. What is that? But when we cry, healing comes. We are what we are by the grace of God. Amen. And can you imagine a world without women it would be terrible there will be no variety every day shirt and trousers I am what I am by the grace of God I am so glad that God made me a woman and I am so glad you know, I don't want to be anything else. 
So we have to learn to accept what God has made us and celebrate womanhood. It is not a curse. It is a blessing. Amen. Amen. The fact that in marriage, the Bible says submit, doesn't mean you are a lesser being. Have you not read the word? It says submit yourself unto God. Resist and then the Lord will lift you up. The Lord wanted to promote you. That's why he put you in a place of submission. And as I said yesterday, nobody is described like the Holy Ghost as a woman. That we will be helper, the same name as the Holy Spirit. Paracletos, one who stands by. I mean, no man has been described as the Holy Spirit. We are privileged. We are what we are by the grace of God. Can you imagine if the Holy Spirit said, no, I want to be God. No, I want to be Jesus. God would be rendered totally immobile and helpless. He would not be able to accomplish his work. But Jesus had to go so that the Holy Ghost would come. Our ministry is so close to the Holy Ghost. To stand as helpers, comforters, strengtheners. It is a good place to be. Hallelujah. We have to magnify the office in which God has placed us. And enjoy what we are. Eh? Look at nine months of labor. The way the baby moves in your stomach. Your husband remains the same yesterday, today and forever. But you have rich experiences. And you go through changes. You know, it's not something to grab, grumble about. Variety is the spice of life. I am what I am by the grace of God. The influence you have as a woman doesn't take muscle. Adam was the one who was given the commandment that he shouldn't touch the tree. But it took Eve to turn the whole universe to where we are now. Because of the influence of a woman. And the Bible says when Adam did give Eve, he did eat. Very pathetic. He didn't ask any questions. He just ate. And history has shown that there are still many Adams around. Because you cannot underestimate the power and influence of a woman. You may not be the head, but you are the neck that turns the head. Hallelujah. I mean, Samson lifted the gates of Gaza. He was a mighty man. He could take Philistines and kill all of them and get hundred foreskins from each man to bring us bright price. But it took Delilah, just the lap of Delilah, to bring a great man down. It may be a negative thing, but it shows that the influence of a woman is unparalleled. And when God wanted to release Jesus, he didn't go to Joseph or even Zachariah, but he came to Mary, a virgin woman, and said, Hail, thou highly favored, the Lord is with you. So the first Adam fell through a woman. The second Adam was also released through a woman. You are what you are by the grace of God. Can you imagine if Mary had said, I don't want to be a woman. I want to be Joseph. I don't enjoy being Mary. 
Today, Roman Catholics everywhere want to even make her a goddess when she's not. Because of her role of ushering Jesus into the world. The world cannot live without women. We bear the seeds of salvation. And we must give birth to the Messiahs that God has put in us. I am what I am by the grace of God. Sometimes it's a promotion that God gives us. And we don't know that we are what we are by the grace of God. Sometimes God blesses us with exceptionally good looks. And because of that, we become very proud and haughty. And we feel that nobody should talk to us. We are unapproachable and we are some way. But if you know that you are what you are by the grace of God, whatever you have, like Esther, will be for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I am what I am by the grace of God. Some of us are so like Narcissus. Narcissus is a guy who looks in the water and sees his shadow and falls in love with his shadow. And all that you live for is your body and your face. You will not spend 30 minutes for your quiet time, but you will spend 30 minutes putting masks on your face. You will not spend 50 minutes speaking in tongues, but you will spend 50 minutes putting on lipstick. Because you are obsessed with what you are. But you are what you are by the grace of God. And who told you that the body doesn't go through changes? Ask the misgunners of yesterday years whether you can recognize them today. Why do you live your whole life on what you are physically? You are what you are by the grace of God. Somebody said to me, Sister Mommy, as for me, I know that I'm very, very beautiful. I know that I'm very beautiful. And I can't, just ma- I'm, I can't marry just anybody. I said, well, sister, let him that thinks he stands. <laughs> Take heed. I have seen your type before. But if you know that you are what you are by the grace of God, your position, even in the church, your position as a married woman, sometimes you are married and you look down on single women. Not knowing that you are what you are by the grace of God. Sometimes you've been saved by grace. Sometimes women who are saved by grace can be the harshest when it comes to other people. You know? We have committed so many sins and then another person does it. Don't let her catch she's unclean. What is that? Because we forget that we are what we are by the grace of God. If you have added MRS to your name, it's by the grace of God. My lecturer used to say, MRS is man's registered servant. I don't agree to that, but that's what he used to say. So why do women want to be MRS? Because it's man's registered servant. You know, but that was a pagan way of looking at it. But you are a wife and you are married today by the grace of God. If you are a mother, don't complain. Children are a blessing in spite of all the responsibility. You see, many times... Now in Accra, many young people have gotten married and are having babies. And then when they have the first baby, they come say, Mommy, it's not easy at all. I say, ah, but did you not know? She said, no, 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 no. The way people with children walk along as if everything is normal and easy. But they don't tell us the truth. I said, which truth again? What would they say? So they don't even describe labor to us. I said, what other word is there other than painful? 
Other will say it's painful, but we cannot give details as to how, you know. But when you become a mother, enjoy it. You are what you are by the grace of God. If you are single, enjoy it. You are listening to Honey on My Lips with Lady Reverend Adelaide Lord Mills. Stay tuned in. Welcome back. And it's not supposed to be that way. Enjoy your singlehood. When you sleep in the night, nobody will wake you up. When you go home, you will eat what you feel like eating. Your sleep will not be broken by any children. You can plan. I'm sleeping for five hours. After that, I'll get up and pray. I'll do this. I'll go here. It works. Sometimes you even go and visit your friend in North London. And you decide not to come back. We don't have that luxury. Amen. When you decide that you are going for homecoming, you just call the agent and you book your flight. You don't have anybody to go and ask. Please, it's November, okay. Can I go? There's a privilege for every situation that you are in. And so enjoy it. There was one sister who wanted so much to be married. And then sometime this year, she called me. Sister, mommy, I want to come to the office. Because she was getting on in her late 30s. So when she got married, it's been about two years, then she came to the This thing they call marriage, I don't know if I want it. <laughs> I said, you, the oil that has been poured on your head so that you will get a husband. Now only two years, you are coming to say that. This thing they call marriage, Sister Mami, it's impossible. I can't. I'm tired. I've reached the end of my rope. Enjoy every state you are in. Single women, the married women may not tell you, but there are certain freedoms that you enjoy that no one can take away from you now. You are what you are now by the grace of God. Amen. Now, the grace of God is something that is just bestowed upon you. It just happens to you. It's just given to you. It is not something that you work on for it to happen to you. Now let's turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. We'll see something else the grace of God can do. But what we read from 1 Corinthians 15 10, Paul said that because of the grace of God, he was able to labor more abundantly than all the others. Whenever God calls you to a place, he equips you. He will give you the grace that it takes. Many times people ask me, how do you cope? How do you cope as a pastor's wife? How do you feel as a bishop's wife? How do you cope with busy schedules and all that? All that I can say is, for every stage that God brings you to, he gives you the necessary grace. Paul said, I labored more effectively than all the others. Why? Because of the grace of God. There are many times you will go through things and you will survive in places just because of the grace of God. And you yourself do not know how you were able to survive. If God calls you into the ministry, he will give you the grace to stand there. 
He will give you the grace to operate in the ministry. Whatever ministry he has called you to, if he has called you to a ministry like Dorcas, all that Dorcas did was to make clothes for the saints. In Acts chapter 19, when she died, Peter was sent for by the people whom she had made clothes for. And Peter came and raised her from the dead. We are so stereotyped. We think that the only way that the dead can be raised from the dead is by saying, arise in the name of Jesus. That is true. But there are other examples in the Bible where the mere sewing of clothes brought the disciple of God to the side of Dorcas for her to be raised from the dead. So it's not always the way you think, you know, for God to work a miracle. But Paul says that I was able to labor. Labor is hard work. Sometimes you are given a task or God calls you to do something and you don't see how you are going to accomplish that thing. Sometimes God gives you something to do. You start doing it and the thing starts growing. You know, like the daughter's convention or the women's movement, it starts growing and you wonder, how am I going to cope as the years go by? How is it going to be? But for every stage you get to, the Lord gives you a certain grace. If only you would dare to go to the next step. But sometimes we don't take the step at all because we look at ourselves and we see our inadequacies. Is there anybody God has called who didn't feel inadequate? Moses said, I stammer. I can't speak. Don't send me. Send somebody else. God said, no, you are my candidate. And he argued with God so much about his eloquence or lack of it that God had to say, okay, Aaron will be your mouthpiece. And look at the problems Aaron brought Moses. You know, God knows when he's calling us what we have in our hands. He asked Moses, what do you have in your hands? He said, a rod. So put it down. It became a snake. God is not worried about what you have or how much because he knows that his power and his grace can transform what you have. He only wants your willingness. The Bible says if you are willing and obedient, you eat of the fruit of the land. No matter how small what you have is, give it to him and he will use it. The boy with the five loaves of bread and the two fish, he wouldn't have thought that his snack would have fed 5,000 people. If you had asked me to feed 5,000 people, without having food, I will take an offering and use the money to send somebody with a mini cab to bring food to where we are. But I'm not God. That's why God knew that five loaves and two fish were enough. The Bible says that when Jesus was presented with the five loaves and two fish, the Bible says, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and then he broke. When you look up to heaven, the grace of God multiplies what you have. But often when we receive, we don't look up to heaven. We look up to around us. We look up to others. And then we say, what can five loaves and two fish do? But the grace of God is able to multiply. You will be able to labor more abundantly because of the grace of God. You may be standing in a difficult place. Sometimes you find yourself, maybe you become a stepmother. How am I going to be here? You will labor more abundantly because of the grace of God that is upon you. Sometimes you may have a physically challenged child. Yes, God, why did you give me such a child? Did you not know that it was difficult? His grace is sufficient. God is able to give you grace so that you will labor more abundantly in that place that you find yourself. And Paul came to that place where he said, I work more than all the apostles, but I'm able to do that only because of the grace of God. He didn't say it's because of my knowledge of the scriptures. 
It's not because of how mighty I am in the scriptures, but it is because of the grace of God. He kept saying, yet not I, not I, but the grace of God. Women of grace, may we come to the place where we can say, not I, but the grace of God. Don't look at your I, your me, your myself. Look at God and you will accomplish it. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Are we there? Well, I'll read from verse 7 so that we get the story. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, then am I strong. I'm become a fool in glory. You have compelled me. And then he goes on and on. Now Paul is saying that because God gave him abundant revelations about the things of God. And then after that, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. It has even become an English expression. He's a thorn in the flesh. And it is from this scriptural um, rendition of it. And he calls it the messenger of Satan. To buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now to buffet means to give blows here and there. And Paul was saying that the messenger of Satan was given to me to buffet me, to give me blows. Sometimes life gives you blows on different sides. And you don't even have your sanity. And you don't know how you will exist. So, when he had that problem, like every good Christian, he sought the Lord. He besought the Lord. Not once, not twice, but three times. Why? That this thorn will be taken away from me. The scripture to pray that the thorn should be taken away from you. But often, as I said, we always expect God to answer our prayers in a certain stereotyped way. But instead of God taking the messenger away, the thorn of flesh away, he said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Do you know that sometimes God allows you to go through things because he has made adequate provision of his grace? Do you know that it's also an answer to prayer? Although it may not be in the way that you expect. And he besought the Lord. That means begging three times. And God's answer came and said, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So even your weakness is the time when God's grace abounds. If there's a glass 
and your weakness is up to by a third, God's grace will be two-thirds. If your weakness is a fourth, God's grace will be three-quarters. So God says that when you are weak, when you don't have strength, then my grace fills more and makes up for you. My grace is sufficient for you. But we as Christians are not used to that. And so we say, I prayed, and God didn't answer. I prayed that he would change my husband, but he didn't answer. He hasn't answered because he has given you grace. Sufficient grace to stay in that marriage and to prevail. And people look at you and say, how do you survive? How do you make it from day to day? The grace of God. My grace is sufficient. My grace is not deficient. My grace is not insufficient. My grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Sometimes when you pray, God gives you a revelation about the problem. So that you will come to a certain place of understanding. And I believe that that's what happened to Paul. And so he came to the place that therefore will I now glory in my infirmities. But before, he was praying about this infirmity or whatever it was. But when he got revelation about the grace of God, he decided, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities. Why? That the power of God may rest upon me. The power of God is unleashed more in your time of weakness. God is not depending on you to work out his purpose for your life. So, you have to pray, Lord, this is hard, it is tough, but give me sufficient grace. If I have grace, I will go through. If I have grace, I will endure. What does the Bible say? When you walk through the fire, you will not be bent. When you go through the water, it will not overwhelm you. What is so frightening about fire? Is it not the pain of burning and the agony of burning? So if I have to go through fire and not be bent, then it's okay. But many of us, we don't want to go through fire at all. But the deadliness of fire is the ability to burn. God says you will go through it, but you will not burn. You will not burn. I will be with you through that affliction. You will survive. It's time to be women of grace. More than women of works. More than women of, I know that the answer must come this way. My grace is sufficient for you. Therefore will I glory. In my infirmity, infirmity means weaknesses. Things that I'm not able to cope with. Infirmities that the power of God. How many of us do not want the power of God in our lives? We need the power of God more than anything else. Now, Paul continues and he says, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches. Reproaches, shame. Necessities, persecutions, and distresses. Reproaches when you have to go through embarrassing situations. Things that you wish nobody knew. Things that you wish you could keep to yourself, but somehow it has seeped out. Things that you wish you could control a little, but everybody knows about it. And everybody has different ideas about it. But Paul says it's time to glory in your reproaches. In my necessities. Most of us have not written more than half of the New Testament. We have not seen God face to face. We have not been taught like Paul by God 14 years in the Arabian desert. 
We have not met Jesus on the way to Damascus. And yet, this great man of God had necessities, needs, that seemed not to have been met. But he says, I will glory in my necessities. In persecutions, in distresses, I've been there. When I've been so distressed, I don't have an answer. You are frustrated. You don't know the way forward. You can't see what the future will bring. But you can glory in your necessities. You can glory in your distresses. Something that doesn't make you relaxed. You are distressed. You are frustrated. But it's time to call on the grace of God. Therefore will I glory in my distresses. And take pleasure. I challenge you this morning. That the Holy Ghost will bring you to that place where you can take pleasure in them. Now, not only are you accepting them, you have moved from acceptance to taking pleasure. It is a place of grace. Because our human nature is not like that. To take pleasure in distresses. But the Lord will bring us there. In, for Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, then am I strong. Now, infirmity means want of strength, moral weakness, mental weakness, physical weakness of flaws, weakness of the body, weakness of the human nature, utter helplessness, and reproach is from the Hebrew word hubris. It means insults, reproaches, hurt, and harm. These are the things that you take pleasure in. It is not human to take pleasure in all these things, in insults, in harm, in hate. It takes a supernatural thing. And that thing is the grace of God. And the grace of God will lead us. Amen. Now you say, Lady Pastor, how do we get the grace of God? How do we get the grace of God? The grace of God, first of all, I said, is something that is bestowed. But as you go on, there's a way to come into the grace of God. Hebrews 4, 16. Therefore, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. But many times in our time of need, we don't come to the throne. We go to the phone. And we call everybody. So, do you know my infirmity? Do you know my reproaches? Do you know my distresses? Do you know my necessities? Yeah. So what did the person do? And in the end, we still don't find help. But God has shown us where to go. He says we should come to the throne of grace. The throne of God is established on grace. And so when you come there, you will find grace to help. In time of goodness, in time of relaxation, no. The Bible says, in time of need. Let us therefore come boldly. Boldly. Not with shame. Not with condemnation. Not with intimidation. But boldly to the throne of grace. That we may find mercy and grace to help. We will find it if we will come to the throne. But we are busy doing so many self-help projects. That we are not able to come to that place of grace. But this morning, God is saying, Come to the throne of grace. When you come to the throne of grace, come and ask me for grace to help 
in time of need. And you have come to the throne of grace, but I will also add mercy to it and give you grace to help in your time of need. How many of us, when we pray, ask for grace as part of our prayer topic? Grace to be a wife. Grace to be a lover. Grace to be romantic. Grace to bring variation in the bedroom. Grace to be a mother. Grace to be a pastor. You see, when you are operated by strength, you get tired easily. But when you are operated by grace, you go on and on and on. Women of grace, the throne of grace is calling unto us. And if we will come there, we will receive grace. God is not saying it's easy. He's saying that we have infirmities, necessities, reproaches, distresses. Yes, but come to the throne. I will give you the grace. And when you go out, you will perform. Look back at your life. There are certain things you've been through. You don't know how come you are normal sitting here now. There are certain things you've been through. You don't know how you survived. There are certain things you've been through. You don't know how come it's over. You thought it would never end. But the grace of God was bestowed upon you. And that same grace will carry us on. Amen. I want us to read 1 Peter 5, 5. 1 Peter 5, 5. We'll be ending soon, don't worry. 1 Peter 5, verse 10, sorry. 1 Peter 5, verse 10. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. The God of all grace, after you have suffered a while, the suffering is only for a while. And the God of all grace is on your side. So the God of all grace is with you to go through those difficult times. The God of all grace, after you have suffered a while, the suffering is only for a while. Can you imagine when Jesus was in Gethsemane, he was going to be crucified? I don't know. I'm sure many of you have watched the film The Passion was going to be crucified. The Bible says that he was troubled in his soul. The Bible says it as the son of God and he was troubled. The Bible says he was in anguish and an angel had to be sent to strengthen him. He didn't ask for the angel, but the grace of God knows what you need and brings what you need your way. And as he was praying, he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. God's perspective of your suffering it's smaller than what it is to you. Jesus' crucifixion was only a cup. Then your suffering is not even a teaspoon. The God of all grace, after you have suffered a while, establish, strengthen, and settle. After you go through all this, and God is giving you strength and grace, and all that he will bring you to a settled the God of all grace, after you have suffered a while, establish, strengthen, and settle you. But we don't give God's grace time and we run off on our own tangent. May the grace of God be our portion this morning. Now lastly, can we lose or fail or fall from the grace of God? Hebrews twelve fifteen. Can something bad happen to the grace of God? Hebrews 12, 15. 
My husband says Women of Grace is one of his best sermons, daughter sermons, Women of Grace. He likes it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Looking diligently. It's not easy to see. <laughs> Lest any man fail of the grace of God. I don't want the grace of God to fail in my life. I cannot do without God's grace. I need him every hour, every minute, every second. Looking diligently. Lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest the root of bitterness. Bitterness will make you fail from the grace of God. But Satan will not show you that. He will just show you the injustice. Oh, this person was not fair. What he did was not right. What he did was not good. And you say, yes. Now vengeance is mine, not God's. I will settle this issue. And then the root of bitterness. It's a root. It takes a hold of you. You are doing things, they are not working. You are going through difficult times. The grace of God doesn't come. You are suffering, you are in necessity, infirmity still. There's no fuel to, to propel you and lead you on. It's because the root of bitterness has made the grace of God fail. It's like you are going up a hill and then your brakes fail. Your car starts to come back. But many times, the bitterness and the grace, how are they related? But Hebrews is telling us, looking diligently, Lest any man fail of the grace of God. This morning, if there's any root of bitterness, let's look diligently. Because it's not easy to even accept that we have the root of bitterness. Maybe bitterness towards God. Maybe bitterness towards your mother-in-law. Maybe bitterness towards your husband. You don't want even your little toe to touch him in the bed. It will lead you to fail from the grace of God. But this morning, we have come to know that we need his grace. And we will not be as foolish women who let the grace of God slip by. This morning, may we be healed from all bitterness. And in the days ahead, may the root of bitterness never have a place in us. Bitterness will not send us far. And we will fail. Of, when you fail of the grace of God, can you imagine? You are operating. God's grace is not there. And you are not even aware of it. And your whole life is messed up, but you are not even seeing it. Women of grace, it's time not to fail from the grace of God. Paul also said, I did not receive the grace of God in vain. Some of you, God has given you grace to preach, grace to sing, grace to marry that man, grace to be in that position, but the grace is there and you are freelance working. You have received the grace of God in vain. The Bible says, shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound? Because the grace of God is there. Now we will sin. Now we will come and say sorry because His grace is there. It doesn't work that way. Because when we sin, we open a door to the adversary. And he takes advantage of us. But may we come to the place where we take pleasure in our infirmities, in our reproaches, in our necessities, and in our distresses just because... We are women of grace. God bless you. May the grace of God continue to be your portion. Remember, go to the throne of grace. You will find grace and mercy to help.
in time of need. Please stand to your feet. Shall we pray? This morning I want us to come to the throne of grace. Sometimes you may not be in a difficult situation now, but you just want to say, Lord, in whatever situation I find myself, may your grace abound. You want God to work on our hearts. We women have a problem with unforgiveness and bitterness. And yet the great surgeon, the great physician is here to work on our hearts. I believe that there are some people here who have failed from the grace of God. But the mercy of God is abundant. I want us to come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may find mercy and grace to help in time of need. Please open your mouth and pray. Come to the throne of grace. We are ending. Oh, grace, 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 Lord, to be what we are. Grace to stand. Grace, oh God, in the days that are ahead. Grace for your people, Lord. Grace. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Rev. Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.